welcome to the Student Sessions with Tonya Galati, brought to you by Grey Hair Media. In this series, Tonya is joined by role models who share their lived experiences in frank and honest conversations. We all need to be inspired, and understanding how those we look up to have been inspired themselves is an important journey of discovery. Come with us for a frank, unedited conversation with amazing people. Welcome to the Student Sessions. Now, today, Tonya is talking to the inspirational Chike Irubunam. Chike is an accounting and finance postgraduate student with ambitions to enter high finance. This dream has, at times felt due to unforeseen setbacks, fanciful. However, he knows that there's no straight road to success and continues to construct his individual path. He treats each day as a personal battle and tries to keep focused until his war is won. Over to you, Tonya. Hi, and welcome to the student sessions with me, Tonya. Today I'm joined by Chike Irabunam. Hi, Chike. Hi, Tonya. How are you? I'm good, and you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us on the student sessions. Where are you dialing in from? I'm currently in London. In London, and how's the weather there today? It's actually good today. Quite sunny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, tell us your story. Okay, so when, where should I start from? Start I mean, from the beginning. Wise. Beginning, beginning. So, so talk to us about your experience in school, first of all. Um, university or secondary school? Uh, you, boarding school, because you went to boarding school, okay. didn't you, before oh, yeah, you hit university. School. So tell us about yeah. that. What was boarding school like? Um, boarding school was, I was there for, I think, five years. Yeah, five years. First two years was good. Last three years, last two and a half years was not great, to be honest. The, okay. I'd say it was more to do with academically, was not great at all. It was just a good downhill, just a good downhill in terms of grade-wise. And I remember what happened. Okay, this, basically what happened was I got diagnosed for a learning disability, but did not find out till the end of my A2s. So for people who aren't in England, I'd say the last four months of school. Okay. Which wasn't helpful. So the idea was, oh, maybe just unlucky. You should try harder. So you spend extra summer, you spend extra lessons, doing that for two two years. Then, fun fact, I'm also American, so I tried to apply to America. So I had to do SATs three times, then alternative ACTs two times. So I'd say it was pretty much two and a half years of just doing a lot of work seeing zero results and being very, very frustrated. Okay, so you were diagnosed with dyspraxia, weren't you? Yes. Okay, can you tell our listeners what that means? Uh, it's, actually, it's more of a motor dis- like a movement disability, which also affects uh, your short-term memory and your speech. So, if, so effects ability to plan and like pro- and processing skills. So okay. for me, I never really, I don't have it really badly. So in terms of speech, I had to have speech therapy 
and like early on as a, as a child. And there was some other little stuff which my mother noticed, but it was just more try and just struggle it out or just work harder. I think what really happened, it reached, it reached a stage that you can't really outwork something. You can't really outwork something. You just have to, you can't keep on doing the same thing and just trying really, really hard. Okay. So how did you feel when you, were, when you got your diagnosis and that you knew actually the struggles that you'd faced whilst you were studying were because of your dyspraxia? How did that make you feel? I don't really... I don't remember. Because uh, what happened was, I would say, I knew early on that there was something wrong with me. Well, I would say something wrong with me. That's the word, wrong way to put it. I'd say there was there was an there was, I need to change my way of processing information was really during GCSEs when I got my results. And I'd say in terms of national average, I did I did okay. I did well. But in terms of my school, the average was, I think, eight, eight stars. And I was wondering that, okay, I'm not the smartest person in school. That's for sure. But I was so behind compared to everybody else. But my assessment, what my teacher would say to my parents and stuff, it just was a big blimp. And then I know that I put in extra work compared to everybody else just due to the amount of lessons I was doing in my free time during Christmas, during summers, during half terms. So for that really, that really huge gap, I knew there was something wrong. And then from there, so I knew there was something wrong already, but my parents didn't really understand. I maybe just because they understand the difference, how much work I'm actually putting, we're actually putting in extra time, extra money they're spending compared to what everybody else is doing and how far off I am in terms of average grades. Okay. I think when I found out, when I found out, because I remember what ha actually what happened honestly was I wanted to do the test, but you had to pay 400 pounds to do the test. So your parents had to give you approval and they were hesitant. So I, I had to ask the school to give me a different test, which was free, but I think it was 11 plus. And when I did that test, they recommended I should do the test that cost 400 pounds. Then my parents got the approval and I did the test. So when I did get the results, I was, I don't think I felt any, I didn't feel, I don't know, I don't know how I felt. I knew there was something wrong. It just, I got the approval. So did you feel relieved that you'd had an official diagnosis and that, that you know, that there were therefore going to be measures that could be put in place to support you? I did, but I didn't feel... I did, but I kind of felt... I didn't feel like relieved. I felt, I felt relieved like I was getting the help I needed, but I knew it wasn't that I was working really hard and just... 
if you understand what I'm trying to say? Is it, no. If I knew I knew there was an issue, I knew that there, I want I doesn't I was just happy that I knew I was right in a sense. I didn't feel that kind of relief. I don't know. I don't, it's really hard to explain. So you were pleased that you had the official confirmation that what you thought all along was true. Yes. Okay. And what were some of the support mechanisms and changes that you were then, or that you've then been able to put into place to support your studies going forward? Well, first of all, I type all of my um, exams. Uh, actually, as a child, which my mom actually remembered when we got the actual report, is that is that I actually have problem? Actually, have problems as a child actually writing. So I think it took me a year or a year and a half to actually start writing properly. Actually, have to do extra lessons for that, and I didn't know my handwriting was that bad. Well, in like as you know, when you're doing exams, you write quickly. But according to my report, it's actually really, really bad. That she could not actually read it. That the the assessor could not read my writing. So I get that. Um, I'm, I'm actually um, apart from that, allowed to record lectures, just due to my just because of my processing issues. Currently, I'm, pl I'm planning on going back to get on, I'm, I'm planning on getting speech therapy again, because I started it, but, and then stopped, but I feel like to start again. And re I, would, I would say really, and I get 25% extra time. Okay. And how, I, how do you feel yeah. that the speech therapy will help you? I think it does help me in terms of, in terms of, I, well, because I say as a child, I had really, really bad lisp and a stutter. And I even read, I, and I hate really saying that because when I say that, I now start thinking about it and then have to remember what, what I learned during speech therapy. So it really affected my confidence in terms of speaking. So I really, I, I didn't talk a lot, didn't do a lot of public speaking. I don't think really just having that, having speech therapy helped me when I'm doing interviews and just general speaking. Okay. Um, there's lots of our listeners who may um, have undis undiagnosed disabilities or even may have challenges that they feel that actually as a male that they can't talk about because there's the perception obviously that as a male you've got to kind of be strong and you know you don't have any problems from you know obviously as a male how did you feel and you know did you feel that you couldn't let people know did you feel that actually you know in terms of your masculinity that that was a, a, a challenge at all no I would say at first I I was I said first during school I wasn't afraid of telling one because I think everybody kind of knew there was something wrong in a sense, in a sense that just in the sense that I was, my grades were just so bad compared to everybody else's in terms of what people thought I'd get that when I said, Oh, I have a learning disability. Like, oh, okay. So I don't think I felt, I didn't, and also, I also knew a lot of other people who were open with what they had. And they were doing really well. 
So for me, it wasn't, I think that's the difference. I think it was, I was just lucky to see people who, 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 had, who had diagnosed disabilities and they were still getting really good grades and they were still having, just still, just still living. I still have, I have family members who are deaf and dumb and they're living really well and they, do, they have good jobs and doing. So for me, I never looked at it as something to be ashamed of. And, you know, the, the environment that you've described, because you've always been in that environment where actually it's okay to have um, a learning difference or a disability, that obviously, I guess, helped to kind of make it normalized for you, was it? Yes. I mean, I know someone who has three different, she was in board, yeah, he was in a boarding house, same year, had, I think, three different disabilities, but she got two A stars in, in A level, in A level, just the difference between me and him is he just found out during his first year in boarding school, and then he got some assistance, and his grades went up. So I just, I just, I think, really, you just have to, I think that really helped is when you see people who, you have a disability, you see someone who you might feel has a bigger disability, and they're just performing really well. And you think, if they can do it, why can't I? And what advice would you give to some of our listeners, Chica, who might be thinking, you know, actually, I've got some challenges and I could do with being a bit more open about it, but I'm a little bit embarrassed. What advice would you give them? Uh, I would say, I would say, I would say try and just talk to people who will have similar experiences. And I feel like after a while, it's just, it's going to, it's going to change. I'll say with me and speech therapy, to do with me and speech therapy, I, for some reason, just did not want to do it. I don't know. I really don't know why. For a long time, after, like, I stopped, I stopped for a bit. And I just, I'd say maybe a few months ago, I just, I'm going to do speech therapy. I, I still really just talk to people who have similar experiences. It's, it, can be, it can be really helpful. Okay. And you've gone to university. Did your dyspraxia create any challenges to your plan to go to university or was it plain sailing oh, oh no 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 <laughs> um sorry I, the, I actually haven't said the full story of why i went to university why, why i went to my undergrad university go on then so what happened was i would say around my final year i was probably in a very very bad mental state to be honest, very bad. So my school did not did not let me apply to any universities. Um, so so I didn't actually apply to anywhere. And then my SATs, which is American assessments, went didn't go great. So it was straight to clearing. And I would say I kind of knew what I wanted to do in terms of job wise probably since I was 15. So you need to go to certain universities, which was not going to happen. But I knew regardless, I want to study economics and finance. So I'm in clearing and I got a C. Yeah, I got a C in maths, but I needed a B to get into what people say, quote unquote, are all right or really good universities for finance and of course that was not happening 
So I'm, I know my care counselor and my mom and I made a list of places to call for clearing. I think, we, I think I spent maybe a day, a day and a half pretty much on the floor, just calling places because the stress was getting to me. And I ended up getting an offer from the University of Aberdeen. And honestly, I only applied to the place because my career counselor's sister's boyfriend went to the University of Aberdeen and they kept on pushing it. So that was the only reason it was down the list. And it happened to be the place that took me. So yes, that's how I got into university. So that took um, great determination, because I guess when you're surrounded by some people that say to you, actually, you know, don't bother or don't fill you with yeah. um, confidence, that must be quite hard to kind of be really motivated and kind of just drive yeah. forward anyway. Yeah, I don't think they meant it in a bad way. They just felt that I would say the teachers in my school, especially my economic teachers, they did really believe in me. Like they really believed like I had potential. But I would say I didn't believe in myself. So they were worried that his AS grades aren't great. If he gets zero offers, I might just wake up and say, I don't want to do A-levels anymore. So I think, I'm, I, so I do understand where they were coming from looking back at it, to be honest. Okay. So you said that, that you didn't have self-belief. Obviously you have self-belief now. So where have you found your self-belief? Where does that come from? How do you keep yourself motivated every day? I keep myself motivated. I don't know, my parents think I'm very negative. So uh, I keep myself motivated just by believing I, des I deserve to be where I want to go to be, where I, where I deserve to be where I want to be, in a sense. And why is would that, you feel that you don't deserve it? Oh, no, I know. I feel I do. That's how I keep myself motivated. Oh, you motivated. do? Good. Okay. Yeah, I think that's how I really feel. I feel okay, I might want to do this role and have to go to this university and this, do X, Y, and Z. I'm looking, okay, I know someone who went there, who's doing this, who's doing that. And in reality, the only difference is that their A-levels were better than, better than me. And they, they got, they had, they had that, I mean, I feel that the only difference we're pretty much as smart. Okay, maybe they know a bit more, but that's because they have more opportunities, so they might not be doing more applications or doing. So I just feel I, I, it's really hard to explain. Well, I hope I'm, I hope I'm getting the message clear. Yeah, I think I think you definitely are, and I think you know we will have some listeners who maybe doubt their potential and doubt their abilities. Yeah. What advice would you give to them, Chike? I'd say, I'd say just have, I'd just have to say is really believe in yourself and a lot of people aren't as smart as they seem. They just have more time. They just have more, sometimes they have more free time or just have more, sometimes they have more free time to just seem smarter. And I guess everybody has their own way of doing things and, yeah. you know, different people have strengths in different areas, don't they? I say, I say, yeah, and I just feel, I feel that, and additionally, just people have different, different upbringings or different like problems that they're facing, which we don't necessarily always know about, do we? Yeah, so it's like you can't really compare yourself. 
to other people when you are doing maybe two others. I always had, I always had a friend like you're doing two times the stuff I'm doing like in your free time have to do. We can't, you can't compare. We can't compare each other. You can't think, oh, Chita, you're doing this, you're doing that. If yes, could have the time to, you're doing all the other stuff and all these other stuff and look at where you are. I probably could manage. So it's really important not to compare yourself to other people then really, isn't it? I'd, I'd, say, I'd say it is because you don't really know, especially when you don't know who they are. Or just if, because I think when you know people and know who they are, even if there are places that you are not, you, like, you appreciate where you are and still have self-belief. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your career aspirations, Chico. Where do you hope to be in the next few years? Where do I hope to be? Well, hopefully in investment banking, but we will have to see. Yeah, I think that's literally where I'm planning. That's where we want to be for a long time, but we'll have to see with the current job, job market and Brexit. Yeah. But aside from the job market and Brexit, do you believe that you can pursue your, the career that you would like to pursue? Uh, that is a hard question. That's really, the funny thing I think about all the time, and even 20 minutes before you call, I got another rejection. So I had, no, had, to, had to like believe myself again just before calling you. Well, I don't know if I will get it, but I believe I should. Good. That's a brilliant mindset to be in. Um, just kind of before we wrap up, Chico, because we're coming to the end of our time together, if you could go back to being 16, what one bit of advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? I would, oh, oh, I'd say network. Just network like you believe you, you have, to, you, like you believe you really have the job. Just network. I still have gained a lot of confidence in, just if you believe, I would say, just be a bit more cocky, not really cocky, but just be more confident. I would say I believe, I be, I believed in myself, but I've never, I've been too afraid to express it. And if you really believe in yourself and you believe you have the ability to be, be where you want to be, just don't be shy to show it. I mean, don't be, don't be overconfident, overconfident, but just, just believe, I, I think, yeah, just, be confident and just show it. So this fo- this series is focused on role models, Chico. How do you feel about being put under that umbrella and being referred to as a role model? Um, I do, honestly, I don't think I'm a role model. I just think of a person just believes in myself and will not take no for an answer. I believe I have every right to be, to be where I want to be in the future. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. But as a role model, I don't think I've done enough. I don't think a person believes himself. Well, I guess it does come down to self-belief, but I'm sure the listeners will agree that listening to your story of um, the challenges that you've come over or overcome even and kind of the self-belief and actually what you've achieved so far, you know, it's pretty impressive and actually quite inspirational. Well, I, I, uh, thank you. I mean, people, some people say that, but at the same time, I just don't feel that way. I believe... I have to, I don't believe in myself. I really just believe in myself. It doesn't feel special. It feels, I don't know. Thank well, you. it's important that you learn to celebrate yourself. And I'm sure our listeners will agree. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for joining us on the student sessions today, Chike, and thanks for sharing your experience with our listeners. You've been a true role model. Oh, thank you for having me. To our listeners, do join us again on the student sessions. Thanks for listening to the student sessions brought to you by Greyhair Media and hosted by Tonya Galati. Never miss an episode by subscribing. And if you like what you've heard today, why not leave a review and please tell your friends. We'll see you at the next session. Thank you.